Thank you, Brian. Uh, all right, well, so for tonight, you know, David Thompson, brother, how long have you been in, in town? You guys got here when? In September. So David was here. We had this, we had a, a plan to get him out here sooner, but there's this, there's this virus going around. <laughs> David knows O2 well, but so because of, uh, you did, he didn't have the best stay while he's been in country, but he's recovered well, praise the Lord. So far. And, and his travels will take him back home before our upcoming mission focus. And so we wanted to, he's recovered, he's feeling well. We wanted to get him in the house, and so we invited him out on this Sunday night to, to give you guys an update, to bring a word. And so, you know, I'm going to put a, I am going to say something about Mission Focus. December 29th, December 29th, Wednesday night, we, we, we will begin our, the, our Mission's Focus. Uh, it's going to be a, where we, we normally have a Wednesday night, a Sunday morning, and a Sunday evening service. That's our typical, that's our normal week, right? Wednesday night, Sunday morning, Sunday night. Well, what we're going to do at the end of the year, December 29th, we'll start mission focus for our church along with our fellowship. We will begin here Wednesday night. We will then, our Sunday morning worship service will, will be mission focus centered. Our Sunday night will be mission focus centered, and that'll be on January 2nd. Is that, if I'm correct, right? 29th, January 2nd. So you guys, I mean, mark it on your calendar. Don't, uh, boy, you want, don't miss this. You want to start the new year off with this. We're going to, we're going to use this upcoming conference to, to just kind of be like, I told a, a class earlier today, it's going to be, we're going to kind of turn the lens. We're going to get focused. We're going to have, it's going to be 4K vision. You know, maybe, I don't know. I think, I think 4K may even not even be the trending thing now for HD, but we're going to get clarity on the mission for 2022 and where we're going and how God's leading our church. And you're going to hear from a lot of our missionaries and guest speakers. So be here for that. Put that on your calendar. Um, you'll see a lot of us today, you're thinking, why is everyone wearing these new hoodies? You know, Brian, Brian mentioned his. So we do have, uh, we have some mission focus, Living Faith Fellowship gear. We've got a little store in the back. Feel free to, while supplies last, I'll say that. Um, feel free to, to drop in there and uh, support you know, th these funds. There's nothing back there. Actually, everything that we've purchased is just at cost. Uh, we, don't, we don't sell it to necessarily raise money, but it does go back into the ministry. There's some T-shirts from our ministry in the Dominican Republic with Mercy Jewelry and the school at Paloma. And uh, so there's some books. 52 Weeks of Pursuit, Volumes 1 and 2 are back there. There's some church history books. A lot of the things that we publish in the Living Faith Fellowship um, is back there as well. So things that will help you know, continue your growth in, your, uh, in the year ahead. So stop in and pay Christy a visit or whoever's back there. But David Thompson, come on up, and I'm going to... I will... You give me the cue. We're, I, told, I, I told them, you guys are a pretty friendly crowd tonight. Now, this is just family. Come and enjoy the time with us. We got the podium on the floor. So you guys, welcome David Thompson. Praise the Lord. Come on up, brother. Again, it's always a joy to be back. We've really enjoyed being with you, uh, times that we've been able to share. Uh, some of you 
know a little bit about our ministry, and uh, we haven't had that many opportunities to share uh, with you. And uh, so just so you can get acquainted with our ministry, kind of get, get a feeling for where we're at and uh, what the ministry in Chile is like, uh, I have a five-minute video. I'll show that, and uh, then we'll have a time in the Word. We're good. This is a panoramic view of Algarrobo. Algarrobo is a medium-sized community on the coast of Chile in the central part of Chile. It's about 100 kilometers away from Santiago, which is Chile's capital. Algarrobo is home to about 20,000 people, give or take a few thousand. Uh, nobody knows the exact number at this point because Algarrobo uh, has grown quite considerably just here in the last few years. There's been a lot of civil unrest uh, in a lot of the major cities in Chile, and so many people have uh, flock to this area, uh, looking for a quieter lifestyle, and um, Algarrobo caters mostly to tourism, to small commerce. Uh, Algarrobo is close to Santiago, it's one of the closest beaches to Santiago, so many people come here during their vacations or just on a weekend trying to get away from uh, the busy city. Well, this is one of the main avenues in Algarrobo, and it connects Algarrobo to uh, some of the other cities along the coast. And right in front of that is uh, our church building. Uh, we were able to purchase the church property uh, several years ago. And about four years ago, we began, uh, four or five years ago, we began work on, on, this, on this building. And the Lord has allowed us to uh, finish it. And uh, it's been a great instrument in being able to reach out to our community. And... Uh, uh, we have room here for about 120 people or so, and uh, we're just grateful for what the Lord has done and uh, the space that He's allowed us to have to be able to reach out into our community. Well, I'm over here at one of the main beaches in the area. This, uh, this beach is called Del Quisco, uh, Playa Del Quisco, and um, this is where some of our church members come every Friday afternoon and uh, share the gospel with the people that gather out here just to relax and uh, uh, watch the sunset or spend some time together as family. It's kind of a slow day today. Uh, during the summer, there's literally nowhere to place a towel. But even in the winter, on the weekends, on a cold day, people come out here to relax. And uh, it's a great place to just meet up with people. Uh, the people aren't, aren't in much of a hurry. And uh, so they're many times willing and open to, to hear a presentation of the gospel. And uh, we've seen several people come to know the Lord as a result of the witnessing efforts that have been uh, done in this area. So we're, we're grateful to the Lord that those that have gotten saved have uh, understood the importance of sharing their faith, and they're doing that, and uh, people are coming to know the Lord as a result. The church here has understood the importance of worldwide missions, and for years now we've uh, supported a, a national pastor here in Chile who's doing missionary work in the southern part of Chile. His name is Pedro Curimil, and uh, also... We've been involved with another missionary project in Spain, a Muslim who came to Chile and uh, heard the gospel for the first time here in Chile, uh, was trained later on to be a pastor. He pastored here for a few years and the Lord called him back to the Muslims. He's in Spain currently working with the people of Morocco and uh, we support him and his family as well and are just grateful that the people here 
uh, are also involved not just in reaching this community, but uh, trying to reach out to other areas as well. So we want to thank you for praying for our ministry and um, for supporting our ministry financially as well. We wouldn't be able to do the work that we're doing there without without that aspect of it, especially without the prayers. And so um, we are we are very grateful for uh, just the fact that you guys have organized yourselves, uh, Vince and Wilena. I don't know if they're here. I don't see them here, but. Uh, there are our missions group leaders, and they've been really, really great at communicating with us and finding out what our prayer requests are. And uh, it was it was nice to be able to come into a church and uh, to be greeted, to be recognized, and that's that's always a, a a wonderful feeling. And so we don't get that every church we go to. A lot of times we just pass off as a as a visitor. Or, uh, so so that's that's really nice, and and we've always felt just loved and cared for here. I want to thank you for your partnership with us. Um, it's it's neat to see what the Lord has been doing, and it's really just the Lord's work. Uh, that that group that's going out uh, to the beach and sharing the gospel that just got started because the Lord laid that on somebody's heart in the church. We've always preached the need to share the gospel and uh, to our church members there, but we had a we had a young man come to know the Lord about. Uh, three years ago, and uh, he always believed that, or he had always believed as a Catholic that his good works were going to get him to heaven. But he was struggling with his own life because he knew that he wasn't living justly, and so uh, he was very concerned about his soul and whether or not he was going to make it to heaven or not. And uh, then his wife <clears throat> found the Lord, or the Lord found her, uh, one way or the other. And uh, then she invited him to come. He got to know the Lord, and he was super excited. He was like, you know, all these years I've been, I've been going about it the wrong way, trying to earn my way into heaven when it's already been paid for, it's already been done. And so uh, he said, this is great. I need to tell all my family about this. So he started telling all his family. Uh, it didn't take long, just a couple weeks, and all his family knew uh, the decision that he had made, and he shared Christ with them. Um uh, and then he started sharing, sharing with uh, people at work. And uh, soon he ran out of people to share with at work. And uh, so he said, you know, I got to tell somebody else. Where do I go? And uh, he organized some people into church. And uh, they started going out to the beach and, and sharing the gospel there. Uh, there's about 15 people that are involved in it now, different families that go uh, every week. And so uh, I was looking at the WhatsApp. They have a group. And uh, they just got organized. They came up with a new Christmas tract or pamphlet to hand out to people with the, with the gospel message. So uh, it's really neat to see when the Lord does things. You know, it wasn't me saying, hey, we need to have this and we need to do this. And uh, you go about this and this is the way you need to do it. It's just what the Lord has been doing. And it's always encouraging to see that take place. So uh, that song that they were singing there at the end, they were singing... Que se haga Dios tu voluntad, Lord, may your will be done. And uh, that's, that's our prayer as the Lord uh, uses us down in Chile. And uh, do be praying for us as a family. My wife didn't have such a good trip this time around. Uh, we're, we're in the process of, of uh, our, our eldest daughter, Caitlin, is 20 now. And uh, she's in the process of transitioning here into, the life, into life in the States. 
uh, in this area, in the Lee Summit area. And um, just that whole emotional separation uh, hit, hit my wife pretty hard, Hansi. And so um, just so that she could be in a more, well, in her own environment and, uh, and uh, feel better and try to get back on track, she, she went back to Chile three weeks ago and has been there. And so we're scheduled to go back December 30th. So, but Hansi is, she is feeling better. And uh, we appreciate your prayers for, for that. I'll go ahead and invite you to the book of Habakkuk this evening. The book of Habakkuk. If you don't know where Habakkuk is, <laughs> just start off in Matthew and go back a little bit, about four or five books in the Bible, and uh, you'll be there. I was going to say, just it's right after Nahum, but I don't know if you know where Nahum is. So <laughs> just start off in Matthew, work your way back few books and uh, and you'll be there and uh, I'm going to start off going to start off with a little riddle this evening and um, I think uh, I think I'm going to put that up on the uh, up on the screen for you it says although it has the power to completely change our lives we really don't think too much about this word although it has the power to completely change our lives we really don't think too much about this word. What do you think that word is? I'll give you a hint. It's in that phrase. Although it has the power to completely change our lives, we really don't think too much about this word. Any ideas? Word? Could be, but it isn't. Huh? Think? Um, yeah, that could, that could do us a, a great deal of help, but nope, that's not it. Power? We need the power of the Lord in our lives, but that's not it either. Okay, let's, let's go to the answer. <laughs> Just so you won't get mad at me. <laughs> let's read it, let's read it again, but differently. It says, although it has the power to completely change our lives, but we really don't think too much about this word. Have you ever done a Bible study on the word although? Probably not, right? It's not, we don't, we don't think too much about the word although. Although, it really can make a huge difference in our lives if we just learn how to use it. And uh, there's a principle that I'm going to share with you this evening the thing is that every year we go through a variety of different situations. Sometimes we go through great circumstances. Sometimes we go through uh, just situations that are, that are great. Some are good. Some situations are bad. Some situations are terrible. In some situations, we react well to the circumstances. But then at other times, we let the circumstances get the better of us. Or we let them determine our state of being. And when things go great, the tendency in our lives is to feel great. All right? How many of you are still happy about the win today? You know, the Chiefs won. No, no Chiefs fans? All right, I, I see your sweatshirt, but you're not happy about today's win? <laughs> okay, you're just kind of like, ho-hum, you know, they won again. But um, Yeah, you, you feel good. It's like, yeah, they won. They, they're, they're on a roll. Maybe, maybe it'll go well in playoff times and stuff like that. And then when, when they lose, we don't feel so good. And, and there are times in our lives, that's just, that's just the Chiefs, but 
in all different areas of our lives, we go through different circumstances. And sometimes we feel good because our circumstances are good. Uh, stock market goes up, we make a few dollars here and there, and we feel good about it. The stock market goes down, and then we're down because, you know, we lost some money or whatever. Sometimes we let circumstances determine our state of being. What I'd like to share with you tonight is, is in this passage, what we're going to look at is that um, we can face life and stay well in spite of the circumstances we may be facing. Even if things go pretty badly in our lives, we can still feel pretty good about it all and keep a positive outlook on life. And uh, this just isn't positive thinking, you know, that we got out of some, out of some book uh, of philosophy or psychology. This is God's word that teaches us how to react to life. And it teaches us that we can live beyond the circumstances and truly free from circumstance. So Habakkuk chapter 3, and just to give you the, the context here, uh, the book of Habakkuk is an interesting book. It's not so much a historical book. <clears throat> it's more like the book of Job, where there's a dialogue between God and his prophet. And uh, Habakkuk starts off by, by asking the Lord and saying, Lord, there's so much injustice being committed. There's so much evil in society at this point. Why don't you do anything about it? And God basically says, I am going to do something about it. I'm going to bring the kings of the north, Babylon, to invade Judah, and uh, the people are going to be punished. And I'm going to deal with them harshly because of their, their lack of faith and their idolatry. And then, then Habakkuk asks, you know, and he says, then his question is, well, but why, Lord, are you going to use these this pagan nations? They're even worse than we are. Why would you use them to bring judgment on, on our nation? Well, this morning, Pastor talked about that, how God and his sovereignty uh, can, use, can use anything, really, to accomplish his purposes. And uh, so in the end, Habakkuk realizes that God's going to bring judgment on the nation of Israel. And he realizes that in the future years, things can, pretty, can, can start to look pretty bad. But instead of just focusing on the judgment that is going to come, uh, it's interesting to see his focus on life knowing that things aren't going to get any better, that they might actually get pretty bad. So the first thing that I want to look at is in verse 17. It's possible in life to go through extremely difficult situations. In our lives, we can go through extremely difficult situations. And here, Habakkuk lays out an extreme Situation. Verse 17 says, Although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be in the vines, the labor of the olive shall fail, and the field shall yield no meat, the flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no herd in the stalls. Now, for us modern city folk, you know, this, this doesn't say too much to us at times, or it wouldn't seem like it, but if you were a farmer and you depended on the growth of of vegetables and the produce and your animals for your livelihood. If you look at this, this is not a good situation. Uh, the fig tree, the fruit trees aren't blossoming. Uh, the vines, the grapes, no grapes. The olive, the fields, the wheat and everything. And then the animals, they're all gone. What we see is four things here where Habakkuk lays out this extreme situation. 
where, first of all, we see no expectations. Uh, and he talks about the fig tree. And he says, although the fig tree shall not blossom. Now, uh, we just moved recently, but the house that we lived in for about five years, at the end of the street in our neighborhood, there was a uh, plum tree. And uh, the last couple years, after watching the plums fall to the ground and the birds eat them up and then them just go to waste, I decided to start to collect them and to make plum jelly. It served as a great Christmas gift because it was right around this time of the year. So um, I'd see the tree in springtime. I'd look at it, notice how much flowering was taking place. And uh, I'd drive by every now and then and look at the bees and say, okay, the bees are doing their job and there's lots of flowers this year. So I had expectations for a certain amount of plums that year. And, and I would think, okay, this year I think I'm going to have a good harvest and uh, we'll have lots of plum jelly to hand out. And then at other times, there wouldn't be hardly any flowers on the tree, just, just the way the seasons would work. And I'd be like, okay, I think I'm going to have to cut off some people off my gift list. And um, so that's, that's kind of when you can see something like that. You, you, you build your expectations. And here Habakkuk says we have no expectations. There are no, no blossoms on the fig tree. And uh, aside from that, aside from not having any expectations we notice that he's, he lays out a situation where there are no provisions. First of all, he says, although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be in the vines. The labor of the olive shall fail, and the field shall yield, shall yield no meat. So, no grapes on the vines, uh, no olives on the trees. There's no provisions, no expectations. And then, number three, we find no reserves. And he talks about this when he says, the flock shall be cut off from the fold. Um, now, normally, if, uh, if, if for any reason you, you run out of, you run out of you know, fruit or vegetables and fresh produce, there's always an animal maybe you can, you know, if you're a farmer, if you're a pastor, uh, there's an animal you can sacrifice to live off of for, for a while. But here he talks about that and he says, we have no provisions. We have no reserves, I'm sorry. So no expectations, no provisions, no reserves, and finally no production, where it says, and there shall be no herd in the stalls. If all else fails and we can't sacrifice any more animals, uh, at least we got the cow that can provide some milk and some cheese, right? Uh, if, if push comes to shove. But he says there's none of that. The fig tree isn't blossoming, there's no fruit in the vines. The flock will be cut off. No herd in the stalls. But the next thing we see is that even though it's possible to go through extremely difficult situations in life, even during hard times, we can maintain a good outlook and a positive outlook on life. And this is what we see in verses 18 and 19 and that one little word that we find in verse 17. The key, regardless of the circumstance that we may be going through, the key in life is to stay focused on the right things and on the right person. You know, in a, in a few weeks, we're going to have mission focus. And uh, Tom was talking about that, how, how we refocus, how we, 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 we look at something and say, okay, are we doing this? Is this, is this what we're doing? 
And that's one of the keys in life is to stay focused on the right things and the right person because we can get distracted extremely easily. And the one thing that Habakkuk doesn't do here in this passage is focus on the circumstances. He doesn't focus on the circumstances. He doesn't say, for example, he doesn't just say the fig tree isn't blossoming. He doesn't just say there are no, there's no fruit on the vines. There are no olives. Uh, there, are no, there are no cows. The sheep are getting stolen. We run out of milk. He doesn't say it that way. He says, although. He starts off by saying, although. And that's why I have that riddle at the beginning. Although, it seems like a really insignificant word. But when you add that to your vocabulary, your spiritual vocabulary, and you start to see life through the lens of the although, it changes things. Habakkuk starts off by saying, although. And that's a game changer, folks. It changes things. Let's, uh, let's bring back the chiefs. We'll do that in a little bit. But first, I want to I wanna look at what the Psalms say. You know, this is it's Psalm Sunday, I believe, right? And uh, so we'll look at some Psalms, and let's see if we can... Uh, what, what I want to point out is that we find this principle in other passages as well. So we're going to look at one that's really, really familiar to you, Psalm chapter 23. And we find this, this idea of although... Not just focusing on the circumstances, but focusing on the one who controls the circumstances. Psalm 23 and verse 4, after the Lord says at the beginning, at the, beginning the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And he's focusing on who the Lord is and what the Lord does for him. Then he says in verse 4, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. He starts off by saying, Yea, Though, and that's basically the same thing as saying, although. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Imagine if the psalmist just says, I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death. Ever been there? Something, something really terrible happened, and you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, and all you can think is, I'm going through something terrible. Well, the psalmist here, as Habakkuk does in his passage, he says, although... I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death. You know what? That changes everything. It changes everything. Can we see this anywhere else? Yes, we can. Psalm 27 and verse 3. It's no fun walking through the valley of the shadow of death, yet sometimes we have to go through that valley to get to where we need to go and to, for the Lord to get us to where we need to go. It's also not fun to have a bunch of people against you or to feel like the enemy is coming against you. And here the psalmist, also David, says, Though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Even though my enemies, a whole host of them, are encamped against me, my heart will not fear. Imagine if he just said, there's a whole host of enemies encamped against me. How would that make him feel? What, is, what would he be focusing on? He'd be focusing on that army coming up against him, right? But he says, even though a host has come against me, I won't fear. Why is that? Well, uh, 
He says here, though the war should rise against me in this, I will be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. And if you look up at verse 1, it says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Is he focusing on the circumstances or is he focusing on the Lord? He's focusing on the Lord. And that changes things. And he looks at it through that lens of the although. Well, uh, we see a couple, a couple other times that this is used. Uh, Psalm 40, verse 17. Psalm 40 and verse 17. Ever been broke? <laughs> Ever looked at your bank account and said, oh boy, how are we going to do this? Here the psalmist says in verse 17, But I am poor and needy. Yet, there's that although concept in a different word, yet, yet the Lord thinketh upon me. If he just said, I'm poor and needy, then he becomes a victim of the situation, doesn't he? I'm poor, I'm needy, I'm broke, I have nobody here to help me. But he changes that and he says, yet, he adds that little although, yet the Lord thinketh Upon me. Thou art my help and my deliverer. Make no tarrying, O my God. So we see throughout the Psalms, and there's one more, Psalm chapter 46. There's probably others, but just for the sake of time, we'll stick to these. Psalm chapter 46 and verses 2 to 3. He starts off by saying, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Can you say that with the, psalma, with, with the psalmist? God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Do you believe that? We do. Yet sometimes things arise that make us lose that, that, uh, our focus on the Lord. And the psalmist here says, Therefore, as a result of this, therefore will not we fear, though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters roar thereof, excuse me, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof. Even though, although, is there anything worse than the mountains being thrown into the midst of the sea? I mean, how bad can it get? Here's talking about just tremendous things, you know, apocalyptic things in a sense. Even if the earth feels like it's falling out from under you, we won't fear because we know the Lord is with us. He is our help. He is our salvation. So we see this concept, the although factor here in the Psalms. We see it in Habakkuk. I, I call this the yea though factor. Have you ever, have you ever heard of the, the fear factor and how fear in somebody's life, in somebody's life can, can stop them and can just paralyze them? Well, the yea, though, factor does the opposite. It helps us to continue on. It helps us to focus on God. It helps us to, to understand that God is in control of all the circumstances that we may be facing in our lives. So, instead of saying, there's no bread, we should learn to say, although there's no bread, and we finish it. Trusting the Lord, who is the provider of our bread. Going back to the chiefs. The chiefs lost. Well, they did it, you know. When the season started, 
seems like that's all we, we said, right? <laughs> but there's a big difference between saying the Chiefs lost to saying although the Chiefs lost. One little word, but think of the difference that it makes. How could you finish that phrase? Although the Chiefs lost, somebody give me an example. Okay, we're going to win the next game. Focusing on, you know, uh, the fact that it's a good team and that they have another chance. Great. What else? Although the Chiefs lost, we learned how to not play football. <laughs> or how about this? Although the Chiefs lost, hey, we still had some good snacks. Right? Yes. <laughs> To have a great church, and that's a lot more important than the Chiefs. So, one little word, one little word can really change things in our life. And that's, that's what Habakkuk does in this passage. He focuses on God, he focuses on, on the right place and the right person. So going back to Habakkuk, we'll finish, we'll finish this thought. He adds that little word, although the fig tree, although this and although that. And notice the, the result. He says, yet, in verse 18, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. As a result of looking at things the right way, Habakkuk is able to focus on God and his relationship to God. And we also see, see four things in these two verses, verses 18 and 19, in regards to his focus. First of all, he focuses on how he should react to God. And notice what he says here in verse 18. He says, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. Even though there's nothing, no expectations, no provisions, no reserves, um, no, nothing that we can count on here, I will still rejoice in the Lord. What did Paul say in the New Testament? Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, just in case we forget, and again I say, Rejoice. So Habakkuk, that's what he does. He thinks about the Lord, and in spite of these circumstances that may come upon them, he says, even though that happens, I will rejoice in the Lord. So he focuses on how he should react to the Lord in the midst of even bad and dire circumstances. And secondly, he focuses on what God brings into his life. Also in verse 18, it says, I will joy in the God of my salvation. Even if the army's coming up against him, Habakkuk says, I rejoice in the God of my salvation. Even if I lose my life, I know my life is secure in the Lord's hands. My soul is secure in the Lord's hands. And he focuses on what God brings into his life, which is salvation. And this just so happens to be better than anything else in the world. Is there anything better in this world, aside from God and a personal relationship to Him, is there anything better than what God brings into our lives than salvation? Is your car better than salvation? Is your house better than salvation? Is your job, your career, your education better than salvation? No. Nothing can top that. Salvation is everything. When it boils down to our eternal situation, salvation is everything. And so that's what Habakkuk does. He focuses on what God brings into his life, which is salvation. <clears throat> Number three, he focuses on who God is 
and what God means to him. Here in verse 19, it says, The Lord God is my strength. Now, you remember from looking at the Psalms and those other passages, how they repeated that quite often, right? The Lord is my strength. He is my salvation. He's my rock. The Lord God is my strength. He will make my feet like hind's feet. He will make me to walk upon mine high places. So he focuses on who God is and what he means to him. There's an interesting passage, just a, a parallel passage in Exodus. Uh, after the Lord delivers the Israelites from the Egyptians and as they flee, it's Exodus chapter, uh, excuse me, Exodus chapter 15 and verse 2. Exodus 15 and verse 2. After the Lord delivers the people of Israel, Moses breaks out in song. And he says, it says here, verses 15, 1, Then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord, and spake, saying, I will sing unto the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. He is my God. And I will prepare him an habitation, my father's God, and I will exalt him. I think Habakkuk had, was familiar with this song. Because he kind of repeats the same thing here. In verse 19 it says, The Lord is, excuse me, the Lord God is my strength. He knew who to go to when things were going to get bad. And finally, what Habakkuk does is he focuses on what God does for him. He says here, he will make my feet like hind's feet and he will make me to walk among my high places. Hind's feet, what's that? That's basically like the antelope, okay? The animals that you see in the desert just hopping about and going about. When you see those animals, have you ever seen them on, on uh, Discovery Channel or Animal Planet? Uh, the antelope, when they go about moving, how is it? They're just, dun, 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 just kind of going through and... They're having a great old time. Even when the cheetahs are chasing after him, la, 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 a little faster, but still, you can imagine their, their song, you know. Um, and, and that's, that's kind of what, what Habakkuk says it's like when we trust the Lord. When instead of focusing on the circumstances, we focus on the God of the circumstances and we trust in His strength and His deliverance for our life, guess what? Life is a little lighter. What did Jesus say? Take my yoke upon, uh, take your, uh, my yoke upon you. And, and he says, come to me all. I, I know this in Spanish. I, I memorized most of my verses in Spanish. And so, come to me all ye who are laden and burdened. And I will give you what? Rest. Because he makes our light and our lives lighter. And he helps us to walk and to go through life. And he says, he will make me to walk among mine high places. That's what happens when instead of focusing on the circumstances in life, we focus on the God who controls all the circumstances. Focus on the circumstances in life, and I'll finish with this thought. Focus on the circumstances in life, and things might be great. They might be good, but they also may be bad, or they could be terrible. Just depending on what's going on in your life. On the other hand, you can focus on God and your relationship to Him. Focus on how you should react to Him, regardless of the circumstance. 
Focus on who God is and what God means to you. Focus on what God has done for you and will continue to do for you. Do that and you might just have a wonderful life. Although, I'll throw that in, I have to finish with this, although that's up to you. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we are so very grateful that we can rely on you. Indeed, you are the God of our salvation. You are our refuge. You are our strength. You are totally awesome and mighty in power, greater than any circumstance that we may be facing in our lives. And Lord, we're thankful for this example in the life of Habakkuk, who even though he knew what was coming up against the people of Israel and he understood that things might get pretty bad, he decided to place his trust and his faith on you and look to the God who is above all. May we learn to do that and continue to do that through our lives. Instead of focusing on the circumstance, just to focus on you and what you bring into our lives and how you want us to react in the midst of those circumstances. Thank you for freeing us from our enemies. Thank you, Lord, for bringing victory into our lives. Thank you for who you are and the fact that we can come to you always with confidence and approach the throne to bring you honor and glory through our lives and just to enjoy the wonderful relationship that you've allowed us to have with you. We thank you for these things and pray that you'll give us the faith and the, the wisdom to know how to apply it to each, each aspect of our life. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.